You know, there are certain words, certain words that truly capture how you're feeling at a moment. I find that for me, it is often a Yiddish word. It doesn't have a direct English translation, but it's able to be the most personally descriptive. For me right now, as I read in the paper about yet another mentally ill person who's been put on a watch list, getting a gun and then murdering people, in this case, members of the fourth estate, or see the guardians of our democracy separate children from their parents at our borders, an action that's wrong on so many levels, and then watch as members of our government are called upon to be purposely shunned, letting rudeness become an acceptable form of behavior. For me, oi gewalt simply sums it all up. No matter what your political persuasion, this word might describe how you're feeling too. Can't we do better than this? Oi gewalt, we have to ask ourselves. Well, that Yiddish word also sums up my first reaction to this week's Torah portion, Parshat Pinchas, which gets its name from an Israelite who acts unilaterally when he sees two other Israelites publicly defy Moses by engaging in an idolatrous act. They did it in front of the whole community when Moses had just said not to do that. And so it was a horrible thing in their context. But Pincus, as a lone actor, with no consultation, no direction from higher authorities, he acts before anyone can stop him and he spears them to death. His act, capricious and violent, well, it's strangely credited in the Torah with stopping a plague, and God proclaims that Pincus will be set apart with honor. Oi, gewalt. Yet another biblical story that we don't focus on in religious school. We, however, are not biblical Jews. We don't take an originalist interpretation of the text, but rabbinic Jews is what we are, Jews of the Talmud, who wrestle with the Torah to try to find deeper truth, who look to the other parts of the text that contradict this behavior, and then try to make sense of the responses. So what do the rabbis conclude? The rabbis abhor Pincus's behavior, and they teach that it is a one-time occurrence in the Torah. In their wrestling with the text, we reject Kierkegaard's lonely night of faith, one who acts self-righteously on their own in such a way. The rabbis reject the violence of Pincus. And they state that Moses rejected it too, that the other leaders wanted to excommunicate him. They see him as a self-righteous actor, and his action out of anger cannot be promoted as an appropriate way for Jews to behave. We are supposed to consult. We are supposed to stop. We are supposed to have a trial. And we're taught that God actually makes 
Pink has become a person of peace is the blessing that the rabbis say he's given at the end, that he loses any anger and he loses power. So much so that if you open up the Torah scroll, his name is written with a tiny yud, which almost never appears in the text. And the commentators teach that that's done to show that he diminished God's name through violence. The Torah portion, in fact, gives us another response altogether and a model how to behave. In the text, the daughters of Zelophehad challenge the religious authority, Moses, and they challenge God when they say, stepping forward, that it's unfair that we have no right to inherit because we have no brothers in our family. As disenfranchised women, they call out for justice. And they respond righteously and not self-righteously. They don't denigrate their opponents, but they're not afraid to challenge them. And what happens? These two women going up against Moses, the courts decide in their favor. And the law is adjusted. And in fact, just after that, the law is changed so that Joshua, when he inherits the leadership from Moses, is told that he can't act unilaterally. But as a leader, he has to consult the prophets and the priests of his day. He has to study the law and be guided by it. They are to be measured in their actions, the rabbis tell us. We are to respect the limits of our power and limit our anger. You see, our tradition doesn't want us to respond with self-righteous zeal. It doesn't want us to use uncontrollable anger. It wants us to respond effectively with a sense of balanced justice. Zealous anger, we're taught, gets you stuck. And it doesn't create a path for anyone to follow. Right now, I am personally angry and a member of the Israeli government who proclaimed yesterday that the three earthquakes in northern Israel happened because reformed Jews are trying to get rights at the Western Wall. Now, we will not respond to anger, but how will we respond? Like the daughters of Zelophehad, by building coalitions, by pressing those in the Israeli leadership, by demanding justice and a return to rationality and values, and be a fear of Orthodox Jews who don't want to study science anymore. We will march with the women at the wall yet again. Just as marches here today in this country are an appropriate means of protest against separation of families, and in favor of a call for a rational immigration policy. But we cannot meet extremism with extremism. We cannot abandon civility or mirror the behavior of those whose actions we abhor if we really want to bring about change. Pincus is no model to follow, the rabbis insist, despite his appearance in the Torah. They instead want us to be measured when we're angry and to be measured when we respond to other people 
who are angry at us. They want us to resist the lone actor who claims to speak for God. And they call upon us to look to the example of those daughters who kept their balance as they faced brokenness and they started to repair their world. That perspective is something I hope we'll consider this post-Fourth of July Shabbat. I'm sure you're well aware, as I am, of the frustration right now in our country, of people's concerns about the status and efficacy of democracy, of the inability of each side to hear the other as we engage on difficult questions. But let us beware of being pinkets and letting our self-righteous anger rule the day. When we respond like Zalofahad, those women, with a sense of firm, balanced determination and courage, then we are unshaken in the face of those who act unjustly, and then we, with our balanced strength, can bring tikkun to that which is shattered and help our world begin to repair. The world needs Jews in balance, the world needs people acting with righteousness in balance. The world needs us to respond not with anger, but with strength and with hope. Can ye ratzon? So may be God's will that we see the holy and the opportunity to bring tikkun. Can ye ratzonenu? More importantly, so may be our will. Amen. Shabbat shalom.